0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 PGA Championship course preview, field breakdown, the stats and research that you need to go through if you've already missed the gigantic DraftKings Millionaire Maker Pick Show I did with Ben Raza. Shame on you out there. Download the show. Go back and watch it. Smash the like. Smash the like button to this episode as well. And give me your early lean in the comment section of the video. Also subscribe to Mayo Media Network. And here's the fun part. If you want to get into a draw to win a $200 entry, or just, I'm just going to send you $200. Uh, so there's a $200 win, uh, presumably to enter the $200 single entry, which is a really good tournament on DraftKings this week. Uh, what else do we have? We have a bunch of $33 giveaways. We have 5 $20 giveaways, $10 $10 giveaways. So there's a bunch of cash giveaways right now, and there's a bunch of ways that you can enter that. You can... Follow me on Twitter, at the PME. Boom, you're in it. If you see anything golf-related for the PGA Championship crop up this week, you retweet it, boom, that's a point. That is an entry into the draw. If you rate, review, and subscribe, five stars, the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, then leave a Twitter handle or an email address so I can contact you if you're a winner. That's worth 10 points. That's worth 10 retweets right there. So just go to, I'll put the, descri- I'll put the link in the description, even if you don't have Apple Podcasts or you just have an Apple ID and don't download the uh, the podcast itself, uh, just go leave a review on it and get you a chance to win. I mean, technically, with 10 entries, you could win all of the cash giveaways and get yourself up to like 850 a 1000 bucks, whatever it might be. By the end of the week, there's going to be around $1,500 in cash giveaways, so I highly recommend that you all go do that. Right now. What's the other way to do it? Oh, yeah, the newsletter. I'll be cranking out what I see every single day because it is major week, uh, maybe every second day, so I don't overwhelm your email inbox. But you can find that link in the description, should be at the very top, free to join, and then boom, you're good to go. You subscribe to the email, you are in the draw. Plus, you'll find out more cash giveaways if you're a part of that email chain as well. The Listeners League link, hundred thousand dollars guaranteed this week. On DraftKings, no rake, fifteen dollars to play, three max entry, flat payouts. It is actually the one you want to be playing in this week. You can find the link in the description. Please let it, get this filled as quickly as possible. There is six thousand six hundred and sixty-seven spots available, hence the times fifteen hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. DraftKings is not taking a penny for themselves off this one, so. It's the one that you want to play. It pays out more people. The ah, payouts are flatter. And per entrant, it has the most money available, I think, on any tournament on DraftKings. So I would highly recommend you go do that right now. Monday with Jeff, Tuesday with Rick for an update on DraftKings and the final picks in live chat noon Eastern time on Mayo Media Network on Wednesday. Plus, we're going to have the European breakdown, plus the European tour picks, and maybe some extra golf content coming at you this week. But if you have missed out on the Raza show so far, highly recommend to go back and watch as we talk through all of the different pricings in the field to give our initial impressions of where we think that we're going to build. Maybe by Tuesday, all of that changes. Maybe after I do my research walkthrough, maybe that's all going to change as well. But hey, thanks for tuning in this week. I love Major Week. I know you love Major Week. We are working on getting a live cut sweat show for Friday available as well. So You're in the right place. Plus, there's going to be a ton of NFL content, too. So go check it all out on Mayo Media Network. The walkthrough that I'm doing today is powered by FantasyNational.com. So if you go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, you get 20% off. If you get the monthly membership right now, it takes you through the U.S. Open. So major to major. Yeah, the monthly is a good deal right now. So FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Let's talk about the course ocean course at Kiowa Island. It is going to be the longest major in major championship history. I was looking so for the scorecard on the PGA media site, nothing to show for, and we'll update on Fantasy National the scorecard for this course once that scorecard becomes available, but for whatever reason, they're not putting it out. Maybe they're waiting for the Byron Nelson to end, I don't know. But here's what I got so far from pga.com. And that's the thing, pgachampionship.com, pga.com is going to be the most up-to-date leaderboard this week. Just like for every other major, the PGA Championship app is the app that you're going to want to use versus the regular PGA app. Now, as we saw with Harding Park last year, the PGA app was an Absolute piece of shit, but it still updated itself faster than the actual PGA one. It's just a different rights feed going through. So you're going to want to download that app and use this leaderboard outside of PGAtour.com or PGA.com. The DraftKings leaderboard on the DK Live app was actually a lot higher up last time as well. So, course wise, 8,700. 76 yards. Uh, It's a par 72. I believe it was a par 71 last time when it was played here in 2012. Pete Dye Design. It's right on the ocean. So we can see by the, the GCSAA tournament fact sheet, Setup, you see the unofficial setup is 78 76 but it seems like that's what the website is reporting to. So we're probably pretty good to go there. 6,000 square foot greens. That's about average for the BGA Tour, maybe slightly above average. The fairways are pretty wide, but they have been narrowed this time uh, from 2012. Uh, Just because it's a different time of year, they have to use a bit of a different blend of grass. So they're trying to get the rye grass coming in through the rough to make it thicker. And it's going to be the seashore, Pass Palum Greens, which tend to run a little bit slower. When we're thinking about Pass Palum Greens, you kind of think Victor Hovland. He won in Puerto Rico. That's where they have them. They have them in Corrales-Putacana as well, the OHL Mayakoba. And I believe that they were used at the CIMB Classic for ages over in Kuala Lumpur, where you had champions like Pat Perez, Mark Leishman, and Justin Thomas, just to name a few. And that used to be a part of the swing season before the Zozo and the CJ Cup came into play. You see, the number of sand bunkers, there's 30 acres of sand. There are no bunkers. So there's just a bunch of natural sand waste bunkers around. Although when I went back and watched the 2012 final round when Rory ended up winning, uh, it does seem like there were some bunkers around the green side, too. The one thing to really note, though, is off of the greens, uh, it's not like there's a bunch of runoff areas. So it's like a lot of other Pete Dye courses in that way. We just saw Stewart sink barely use a wedge from greenside when he won the Heritage uh, about a month ago. He ended up just using the Texas wedge the entire time, where he was just able to putt from off of the greenside. We see this at the Players' Championship a lot. When Martin Keimer won at Pinehurst for the U.S. Open, that's how he did it, because Martin Keimer, also a Players' Champion as well, is just someone who's not good from around the greens. When you put a wedge in his hand, you let him putt, and he can judge the green speed. All of a sudden, it's a little bit better. And these past palum greens tend to run a little bit slower in terms of major championship speed, like we've seen at some of the PGA's past. So it's really interesting to kind of go through, because this tournament in this course in particular is just so wonky compared to everything else. But the main thing that you're going to find is the weather. So windfinder.com, I'm using the Surf Song Kiwa Island One, it's not exactly right next to the course, but it's as close as I could find. So bear with me on that. Wind is the major defense of this course. So this can go one of two ways. We saw the wind pick up in the second round in particular in 2012 and then all of a sudden uh, everyone was shooting like 78 that day Uh, and just even if you get a pretty constant breeze it's not so much that the wind is going to alter your ball it's that the winds tend to play upwind or downwind and then even Phil Mickelson was talking about that there's weird crosswinds that are just hard to figure out now if they were playing Sunday Monday and Tuesday it's looking pretty good Wednesday it gets a bit dicey none of that matters for us what we're looking at is Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday because spoiler alert that's when the golf is actually going to be played So I wouldn't really check in. Like, you're going to make your lineups, you're going to generate your lineups on Fantasy National on Wednesday evening to make it easy on yourself. That's when you want to check back in on the ownership, on the weather, because that's when you're going to have at least the closest available time to figure out the most accurate information. Is it going to be 100% accurate? No, of course it's not. It's the wind. It's ownership projections. But it's as close as you're going to get to give you the best idea. If you just looked at this on a Monday morning for ownership in both the weather, then you have three more days of information together that you're just not looking at so that seems rather nonsensical so i will update that in the newsletter on wednesday evening and earlier in the day on the show and then even if you watch the show on wednesday afternoon and then go and read the newsletter at night stuff could change from that like those 12 hours in between so that's something you should always be cognizant of and wait as long as possible to do this So Friday, right now, looks rather benign when you have a constant wind of 15 with gusts, you know, up to 18, up to 15. It looks really nice for the entire week, so that's good. So hopefully it dries out a little bit. Maybe that'll firm and speed things up a little uh, towards the back end on Saturday. Uh, the the leaders out on the course could deal with a little bit of wind where the people in the morning don't seem to have it right now, then pretty grimy on Sunday. I like to see it. So this goes one of two ways, like I mentioned. Aaron Hills, I think, is a good comp in terms of how this course is designed for the weather. Because the big thing with Aaron Hills, when we saw Brooks win there, was, oh man, this course is going to be so hard. It's so long if you end up in the fescue. And they had these really super wide fairways to go with. They're like, when the wind picks up, this course is impossible. Then they played it for four days and the wind never showed up so it played incredibly easy if the wind doesn't show up now i think it's a little bit different because this is directly on the coast, uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. And as someone who lives on the Atlantic Ocean, I can tell you, gets a bit gusty, even when you're not in, not expecting it. So, uh, And the wind can come from any sort of direction, which really throws off these holes. So one day, the 7,800 might play a little bit shorter. One day, it might play really long. It'll really affect the par fives in general, because if it's downwind, I think all four of them are pretty gettable in two shots. If not, you're going to have some real problems, and you're going to have a pretty long... 60 to 100 yard shot left you might even just decide you know what i want to lay up to 112 because that's my key range talking as a player in the field i am not a player in competition this week do not bet on pat mayo at the PGA Championship, although there are basically Pat Mayo-esque people. Now, they're PGA professionals, but they really have no shot uh, in this tournament when we get to the field breakdown. So there's just different ways that this course is going to play day-to-day. They might even change it up with the tee boxes day-to-day, too. I haven't read anything about that, but that would just be kind of intuitive to think about. If it's going to play, you know, 7,850 yards one day, it might go down to, like, 7,720 the next day as they shorten one of the par 5s or lengthen one of the par 4s and bring another one back down. So, So you really have to keep up to date with what is going on at this tournament and read as much and I will be presenting it once the information comes along to you guys through the course of the show but you, know, you can go do your own research as well. I mean, that's the glory of fantasynational.com There's no picks on the site it is just information and tools to help you if you want to dig in. So fantasynational.com mayo to get yourself 20% off right now and alleviate the stress of having to rely on some jabroni like me who gives out terrible advice you can go do the work yourself and it makes it as easy as possible a one stop shop for everything that you need. So the weather, if it's benign, it's going to play like Aaron Hills, and you're going to want, I mean, probably not Brooks because he seems to be injured, but Rory and Dustin and Bryson. Rory is a bad comp to look at because he won by eight strokes in 2012. So very rarely are you going to see anyone win a major championship by eight strokes. And what can you really take away with that? Rory played awesome. He, his irons were great, his driving was great, his chipping was great, and his putting was great. Fantastic. If he does that again this week, he is going to win. If Rahm, or Bryson, or hell, if Brooks is healthy and he does it, or DJ, or Justin Thomas, or even Spieth, if Spieth drives it pretty well this week and the rest of this game goes up to snuff like it's been, he's gonna win. So you don't really shoot for the 99th Percentile outcome when it comes down to it in terms of what we're looking at of the players that we want to target. I think it's far more helpful to see who came kind of second to 15th, if there's any commonality between those players. Because if the best players play well, the best players are going to win. That's why they're the best players. But you have to kind of bank that no one plays their best golf at all times. And if we do get wind, then all of a sudden, I think this is going to be completely thrown out of whack. The major narrative that you're going to hear at this course over the week from every content provider from the Golf Channel from everything is how much length you need to compete at this course. And just going back and looking at the past in terms of what we saw in 2012, and obviously when I jump back to the course, we'll see that it's not necessarily the same course that the players are going to see, but I thought it was pretty interesting. When we click over to the leaderboard, you're going to see that it's not a bomber fest. Like, Rory, yes. Uh, But other than that, it's just a lot of guys who are... They're just accuracy mavens like Tim Clark, Ben Curtis, Steve Stricker, Blake Adams. uh, He's got Graham McDowell. They all ranked, and Justin Rose even that year as well, all ranked inside the top 30 on the PGA Tour of the 2012 season in terms of driving accuracy, which I found really strange. And like we saw Tiger compete, but you know, Tiger's awesome. VJ was up there for for a while as well. Like you do see some of the bombers because then you see Scott and Bubba and Daly, like and Garrigus, Those guys were able to tune the par fives the last time that we saw it. So when you look at the par five efficiency, it's not going to be a huge shocker who ended up there. David Lynn, for whatever reason, just played incredibly well. That was the best stretch of David Lynn's career. Wouldn't read too much into that one. But then you see, like, Garrigus gained more than Rory did. Harrington and Daly both gained over the field. Jeff Ogilvy gained over the field. Tiger was actually really bad on the par fives. Blake Adams was another one who was up there as well. Then you see, like, Donaldson, Stricker, Ben Curtis... Graham McDowell. These are all kind of like Euro grinders. Not so much Stricker. Obviously, he's American, but his style of game is just more of the grinding it out sort of type. And it's weird when you see the length of this course versus something like Heritage, another Pete Dye course, but it's a lot of the similar names that you normally see at the Heritage do really well, despite being almost a thousand yards stronger. So I think that there is something to both the Pete Dye element of this and playing from the fairway. There was a fantastic stat that my guy uh, at PGA Tour Splits ended up bringing up to me and that it was that if you hit the fairway, you have around a 68% greens and regulation rate, which is fantastic. That is an amazing number. Uh, If you miss the fairway at Kiowa Island, your greens and regulation percentage is under 40%. Now, like I mentioned before, that the fairways are pretty wide. They have been shrunk just a little bit uh, to make it a little bit easier, and the rough might play itself up a little. We'll go back to this page right here, the, the fact sheet, and you'll see that there's been some additional work done on the course. Number one, there's a waste area in front of the right uh waste area in front of right in front of the green waste area in front of the oak tree on number 2 oak tree in the center of the fairway on number 3 like there's so many different weird elements at this course that can really throw you off and I'm going to be writing about it on either Sunday evening or Monday morning on DraftKings playbook about the stat scrambling and why I don't like the stat scrambling uh, because I think it's more of a narrative based stat it is a storytelling stat rather than a predictive stat. Now, most golf stats are not predictive in the slightest whatsoever. They're all technically storytelling stats. But when we think about something like strokes gained, despite all of its major flaws, it does tell you a better story about what happened, especially when you break it down, rather than something like scrambling. Because you could be, if you hit a ball OB on a par four, well, then you're going to be scrambling from 170 yards. That's a little bit different than scrambling from one inch off the fringe, uh, four feet away from the hole, just because that's where the hole is cut. But they both count the same in the scrambling stats. So I do think that parsing it out between... And it includes putting at the same time. So you could just give yourself horrible leaves, but during the course of a round, you make three 35-foot putts. Well, it looks like your scrambling is great, because it was that day. But that doesn't tell me that you're a great scrambler. That tells me you got super lucky with putting that day. So parsing it out between off the tee approach, around the green... And putting. So even if you want to use the fantasy national stats strokes gained short game, that strokes gained SG that combines around the green and putting. So it doesn't just make it look like Bhanan is the guy that you want to play this week, uh, or even someone like Denny McCarthy who's a bit worse around the greens, but such an excellent putter. You want to take a guy who's good at both, and that's what you see with someone like Stricker and Graham McDowell and Ian Poulter. These type of guys, they are all really good around the green, and they're all really good on the green. So I do think that is going to be a key element along with accuracy. There are certain players that you can kind of cross off because of their lack of distance. And when I build the model out, you're going to see what types of player that I really want to go to. Uh, but if you just want to look at scrambling, I agree scrambling is going to be huge at this course. But I think that looking at a, a stat like scrambling percentage is not always the most helpful when you're trying to parse out who is good at scrambling. Because there's the other thing, too, where at least strokes gained takes into the context of that particular round against that field. Scrambling doesn't. So is scrambling harder at one course than the other? Well, what if you only played the hard course and didn't play the easy course in terms of scrambling? Well, then your scrambling percentage is going to be terrible versus the guy who played the easy course where it might might just be a whole lot better and it doesn't account for that or normalize those numbers whatsoever. Uh, again, I'm going to write about this. I don't need to kind of hammer down on it, but I do want to give you some context to why I don't love that and don't include it into what I'm looking for uh, when we're at a course where scrambling will make a huge difference. Like I said, if there's no wind, just take you know, the best ball strike Available. Ball striking is still going to be immensely key because you're gonna want guys that hit a ton in greens of regulation. But where this course is so hard, and there's birdies to be had out there for sure. Uh, but if you're the type that are gonna leave your your sand shot 17 feet away from the hole versus three feet away from the hole, give me the guy with the three feet away. Because there are certain parts of this course, if you get it in like the high fescue in between the sand and the fairway, and even some of this thicker rough, that it's just gonna be really tough to get out, and no one Except for maybe Bryson, I suppose, because he's big, beefy Bryson. Just use the guns and get it right through the through the thick stuff. Other than that, it's going to be really tough for almost the entire field. And that's another common trait that we saw with Aaron Hills. Like, if you got it in the bad stuff, yeah, it played super hard. But it was super easy to keep it out of it because there was no wind to go around. What else do we want to look for here? When I parsed it out, uh, I found that uh, this course actually starts out kind of easy which I did not expect. And it ends incredibly hard. Uh, So with par 72, you get your four par threes, you get your four par fives. All the par fives could be reachable or not reachable, depending on the wind. And then you're going to see that the par fours are kind of weird. Two of the first three holes, when we see it, hole number one is less than 400 yards. Hole number three is less than 400 yards. Uh, Maybe with a nice downwind. Maybe Bryson can get it there. I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't anticipate that happening. You need to make birdies on these holes, uh, potentially. I mean, if, if you're going to compete, because there's some where you're going to give it away. But those are the only two par fours on the course where you're going to find the... Um, we're going to find power fours less than 400 yards. There's only one between 400 and 450 yards. And then there's six that are longer than 450 yards. That's where you're going to see a lot of the distance made up this week in terms of its length and on the par four and the par threes as well there are three par th- th- four par threes sorry i'm getting tongue twisted here uh three of them are over 200 yards one of them is really long uh and you're gonna see some like hybrids out on those holes a span if the wind is blowing in their face like guys are gonna take like a three wood and just try to jam it there's actually a course that uh like now that i'm back to where i'm from and grew up there's a course that i used to play all the time northumberland and it's also directly on the coast as well and there's a par 3 there that I believe it's 163 yards and depending on the time of day and day that you play it you can hit a pitching wedge into it and fly the green or you can hit driver and not get to the green that is how significant the headwind is or the backwind is on that particular hole and when we jump back over to the fact sheet here you're going to see like you know, number of holes in water in play are 6 uh, that's with like like, not the, like, you're not going to find the ocean off it, but all of these holes are on the ocean. I believe it's the most in major championship in the United States. So uh, it's going to be super tough. And, like, those wins are just going to... Play tricks on everyone. That's why it, this, the Bryson thing this week is going to be super, and I have some inside info that he might or, may or may not be andercursed this week as Tim's pick to win this event, so watch out there. Because I like Bryson. I like what he does here, and I think that harder conditions will really play into his hand unless they're super windy conditions. Bryson is like a robot, and the not necessarily easier the conditions, but the more consistent the conditions, almost like with anything. If you have a flat curve of how everything is going to play, like the wind isn't going to vary outside four or five miles per hour this way or that way, well, then he can kind of calibrate himself to, oh, I can miss here. I can hit it here. I know that the rough is this particular length right here on this hole I have no problems getting it out I can miss right there that's not going to be a problem but if all of a sudden you have a 17 mile per hour crosswind that's going southeast and then on the next hole it completely changes itself up because you're in a different swirling part of the ocean and then the wind is going up and down that's going to be really difficult for someone like Bryson to figure out the other main thing I found from that leaderboard in 2012 was just the staggering amount of European players that finished inside the top 10 overall like you had Stricker you had Keegan I mean when we run the stats you're going to see Keegan comes out really highly but Euros are used to this, especially British players. Like They play so much, and this isn't necessarily a quote-unquote American Lynx course, but it's about as close as you're going to find. Like There are so many different ways that you can play this course. Like, if you want to be a highball hitter and the conditions are softer and it's not super windy out, you can go score in bunches at this course. It's almost like we saw with Whistling Straits, the two different times that we saw it, another Pete Dye major championship course. In fact, the only other one, you have 2010 and you have 2015 at Whistling Straits. Uh, you had of D.J. Bubba and Martin Keimer in a playoff the first time around, and I believe, I mean, I'm going to go effort this right now. But the PGA Championship that year, I off the top of my head, I want to say that the winning score in the playoff was like minus. 11, I think. And then when Jason Day won, I think he got to like minus 18 or minus 19, minus 17. There was a bunch of guys that were way up there. So it's not like it's unforgiving and that you can't score. It's just that the conditions get ratcheted up. All of a sudden, you're in a whole world of hurt. Then you need to keep it below the wind. You need to be able to roll it up onto the green because the wind is just going to push it into like horrible positions if you come in too high. And British players are just better at that. European players are better at that because those are the conditions that they grow up playing. Uh, And that's not something that stats are really going to help you out with. That's going to be a visual test, and you almost kind of have to commit. It's like committing to a shot in golf. You don't commit to your shot, it's going to be bad. When you construct your DraftKings lineups this week, I would even encourage you, especially if we don't have clarity on how the weather is going to play, to build two separate sets of lineups. One if the conditions suck, and one if the conditions are going to be really good, because I think that you definitely want different types of players for those different conditions. Now, maybe you mix and match and you get lucky, and ends up working out in your favor anyway. And maybe there are certain guys that cross-pollinate between those. But I do think that there are two distinct skill sets that you can really try to parse this week. That's why I like players like Fleetwood and Cam Smith and even Mark Leishman versus, I mean, I like Hovland this week. I like Rory this week. I like Justin Thomas this week. These, uh, even someone like Corey Connors, for example, Uh, and hell, I mean, with the way that Sam Burns is playing, how could you not like him? I think he's going to be too popular for my tasting, but we'll go over that on Tuesday. But I think there are certain Those aren't the types of players that I would want if it's swirling like 25 miles per hour. I'd want like the Snedeker types, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Cam Smith, those type of players. Tyrell Hatton is another one who can play really well in those sorts of conditions. So uh, if the conditions are bad, you might want to look into like the $6,000 area where there's a bunch of Europeans down there. Uh, Even someone like Sammy Valamaki, who's shown himself to play hard courses and windy courses really well on the European tour. No idea if that's ever going to translate over to the PGA Tour. Maybe the Finnish flash just isn't all that good. He's like the new school T. Mussolini. But anyway, that's uh, kind of my rant on what's going on. I should probably talk about the field at some point, right? Uh, And go through everything. I got to ask you, have you got Magic Spoon yet? If not, give your head a shake, pal. You need to get some Magic Spoon in your life, not only because it is delicious, But it has 0 grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only 4 net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. You need a snack midday? You need some breakfast? You need something to eat late at night? Magic Spoon is there for you, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And I've got exciting news for you, friends. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake. Birthday Cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only. So get it while you can or just build your own box i think that you should always get the fruity one but there's a bunch of different ones i just whenever i get magic spoon now it's just always fruity because i love it so much but available flavors for you to build in your very own custom bundle or coca fruity the good one the best one i don't want to say the good one because that makes the other one sound bad no fruity is the best one at least according to pat mayo but you have frosted peanut butter and cinnamon as well and if you're listening in canada magic spoon now ships there as well so go to magic slash mayo to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or custom bundle of cereal to try today and be sure to use our promo code mayo at checkout to save five dollars off your order and this offer is good to anyone in the u.s or canada but only when you use code mayo at checkout And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. So let's jump over to fantasynational.com. And check out the stats. For the week, I've already built the model to get ahead on this. I've let you know uh, about the Power fours and the par threes. Once again, if you want to build your own model, you can see all of mine over here on the right-hand side as I try to update them all the time. This one is PGA Championship, Kiowa Ocean Course, FantasyNational.com/slash/Mayo for 20% off and full access at any membership level to all of the tools. It's just a it's a time thing with the memberships. It's not an access thing. If you're a weekly member or an annual member, obviously the annual is the better deal over the course of it, even though you still will get 20% off all membership levels. You get full access to all the stats. We're not, you know, oh, once you're in, you need to pay another 50 bucks for this. No, you get the weekly for seven bucks, I think it is, after the discount, or it could even be like 650, something like that. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, eight bucks, seven bucks, whatever it is. Uh, you get full access to everything. So Strokes scan approach, 25, proximity from over 200 yards, especially with those three-par, thre- all four-par threes will probably eventually be playing over there. And you're just going to see a lot of stretch shots from over Over 200 yards this week, 10%. So factor that in with approach. I put in off the tee at 20%, and fairways gained at an additional 5%. I did not include driving distance. However, driving distance is heavily factored in strokes gained off the tee, so it is represented in this model. But I want to give an extra emphasis to fairways gained around the green, 15%, because I'm not adding scrambling in. Par three is 200 to 225, and par four is 400 to 450. 5% apiece strokes gained putting. 10% 10% an opportunities game, which is the fantasy national stat of a birdie or better opportunity from inside 20 feet. Make some of those butts and you're going to be good to go. So this is set to the past 50 rounds. I'm going to guess it's Hovland. I actually haven't run this one yet. Hovland, Keegan, Chris Kirk, and Bryson are going to be my guesses for the top. Let's see. Dustin. Oh, wow. Here we go. Dustin, who withdrew from the Byron Nelson. I'm going to be playing a ton of Dustin this week. I might even end up betting him. So be, uh, be cognizant of that because I haven't hit a winner in ages. Maybe someone will come through in top five for me at the Byron Nelson after Guido lost in his playoff uh, against some old man who had never won on the European Tour before. It cost me a lot of money. The each way was still nice. It paid out like 18 to 1, but the, the 70 to 1 would have been much nicer on my guy Guido. So we have Dustin, Hovland, Rom, Keegan, Morikawa, the top five. I actually think this course sets up really nicely for Morikawa in certain conditions, if he has to rely on his around the green and putting, that could become wildly problematic for him. But if he is able to hit his greens in regulation, he's one of the most accurate players in the field. Over the past fifty rounds, he is eighth in fairways gained, and he's still twenty-fifth in strokes gained off the tee. So he's not he's not super highly up there in terms of driving distance, like someone, for example, like Victor would be. But he's not short off the tee either. And when you go take a quick look at, hey, who hits their irons from beyond two hundred yards the best? Oh, hey, you know, Morikawa is thirty-six. He's down in that area. He's usually much higher. Hoffman, Paul Casey, John Rahm, and Victor Hovland all up there as well. Um, so these are the types of guys you can see. That's why admit Victor's probably going to be the highest-owned guy in the DraftKings Millionaire Maker, and I'm going to eat the Victor chalk and play him. Now, we know that if it comes to scrambling, could be a bit tough, but there is another scenario where even if you look at Rory or Rose from 2012, they still did a ton of scoring. Rose just happened to give them all back with bogeys a lot of the time. So I do think that Victor's going to score enough to come through, so that That is something to watch out for here. We can actually check in on the rolling report as well. So let's go to that. You click on rolling report, you click your custom model, and then you'll see risers and fallers out out of time. One thing that the model is not going to give you any context for, unfortunately, just because it's impossible to do, is the context of the stats where they're coming. Now, maybe you could always go back and just take the courses that you wanted to sort from, like if you just want to go through and sort by majors, or you want to sort by what you deem is a difficult course, or something that has a really strong field. I mean, you can just click on difficult courses, uh, just on the sidebar if you want to, and it'll just give you everything that is quite difficult in terms of Uh, field scoring, but, you know, can, how do you really parse someone like Chris Kirk, for example, who's been playing excellently, but he hasn't been playing against, he didn't play in the Masters. He, he, hasn't played in WGCs against all the best players. Like he's making a lot of his bones every single week, mind you, and did play pretty well at the Players' Championship, but he's not always playing against the strongest field. Therefore, you're going to see him up there. So past 100 rounds, Morikawa, Thomas, you can see Morikawa is first in the past 100 rounds and second over the past four rounds. He is, I think, the only player besides Corey Connors not to drop out of the top 10 over any of the incremental ranges. 4, 8, 12, 24, 50, and last 100 rounds someone like vic started at three and he's back to three looking at four and eight is probably a bit too short let's look at past past 12 at least gives you like theoretically three tournaments of data if they've made the cut every single time um you'll see that guys had been dropping down so vic has been playing a little bit better the past two events Berger has been playing a little bit better the past two events and playing pretty well ball striking wise at the byron nelson too and then you'll see someone like Abraham Anser, who over the past four rounds, number one, 20 seconds. So he's progressively gotten better as we've gotten closer to this event. A player who's done really well at Pete Dye courses in the past. Henley is a really tricky one because he does his best work on coastal courses. When the irons are good, they're really good. And when we go look at his around the green game, you're going to find out it's not the best. And the putting can go really hot really cold Uh, and the off the tee has been good I don't know what has happened to his irons Wells Fargo maybe not the best course for him but Valspar should have been and he did not play well there but then you see these peak performances I only mention this because no one will be playing Russell Henley and I do think that in a perfect world if his top game shows up he's actually a very interesting fit for this course then you're going to see a lot of the Europeans just kind of get downgraded because they don't have the qualified rounds on the PGA Tour to count towards these stats you know Siwoo Kim, 47th, uh, last 100 rounds, and has gotten you know, better, uh, close to a top 25 player in this field per the numbers as we go through. Let's just shrink this down to past 24 rounds and see what we're dealing with here. Hovland, Connors, answer Morikawa, Keegan. Keegan was third at this event when it was played in 2012 and playing some of the best golf of his career right now, realistically. Casey, Berger, Hoffman, Rom, and Zander would be your top 10 by these numbers. Then very quickly, you have Kirk, Wallace, Tringali, Thomas, Spieth, Hatton, Homa, Greo. Very interesting to see Hatton up there, only because you think about it and he's just not playing well right now. But you'll actually see the ball striking has been pretty good. He hasn't really putted all that well. I would expect... I'm curious to see where his ownership comes in because I'm very interested in Hatton. I've seen him as deep as 70 to 1 in some spots to win this tournament, and I kind of like that. I've already bet on Robert McIntyre from before the year at 175 to 1, along with the top five. Uh, Matt Wallace, I had a half bet on him at 110 to 1 with the top five. Now that the top eights are actually available on my book as an each way, Wallace has actually dropped to 125 to 1, so I'll probably do my other half bet on that number as well. So I'll you know, hedge in the middle. We'll call it 175 to one and be on our way or i'll probably just put it on 125 on the sheet and just know feel good about that but fleetwood and hatton are two guys along with cam smith those would be my early leans Uh, i've only bet on mcintyre and wallace so far they're both super long shots once i start going towards the top of the board hatton fleetwood Even Fitzpatrick, all these Brits kind of do it for me this week, uh, along with some Aussies as well. And that's not to downgrade any American players whatsoever. I think that they could all be really good. But someone like Spieth really stands out to me. That if conditions get bad, he's going to be really good. I like Casey this week too. So I have some trimming to do on the list, as you can kind of hear me talk through all these guys. Or maybe I just say, you know what? This was a coming out party for Rory, and he dusted the field at a PGA Championship. I think the new school Rory is Victor Hovland, and it doesn't matter if his is bad. He's just going to play so well and beat the shit out of everyone. I mean, I think that's on the table. Uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult to do. So maybe I don't end up backing that up uh, in terms of trying to go after Hovland as an outright, because I think that he's, I, the last time I saw him, he was 28 to one, which I don't love. I'm not going to lie to you. So let's switch back over to the custom modeling, run it again this time. Let's try to get ourselves past 24 rounds. So on a shortish but longish sample to see who is rating out really well in these categories that maybe some sleepers that we're not necessarily looking at, like just the type of player that I saw in 2012, if Brendan Todd was hitting his irons any better than he currently has been for you know, in the year of 2021, I would really like him at this event, but yeah, just that uh, has not been. So your ultra fairways, gained players todd stricker answer reedy connors herman ray m and morikawa brian herman is someone who plays i'm gonna put a star next to brian herman he's been lurking at events recently he was even in the run of the masters for a while uh and it's funny at the aaron hills us open i believe he came inside the top five that year plays pete Dye courses exceptionally well And when you go and look at how he's been doing, yeah, the approach was terrible at Wells Fargo. He chipped and putted his way where it didn't really matter. Same thing at Heritage. But the Masters, the Irons were good. The players, like, if you can catch Brian Harmon on a good Irons week and the rest of it comes along with him, because he's going to be super accurate, he's going to putt, he's going to chip, that all of a sudden you could have yourself a nice little sleeper. I don't love the price point at $7,400, and that is uh, kind of egregious. But Morikawa and Sung Jae are both up there of the really good players. Then you have Fitzpatrick, Billy Ho, uh, who's not great around the greens, but Keegan has been really good around the greens lately. We have to. I got to see how chalky Keegan's going to be. Then you got someone like Nah. Now, the rest of his game does not tailored to this course whatsoever. But we've seen him have success in windy and coastal tracks in the past, and he does two things really well. He can hit his wedges really well, and he can chip and putt exceptionally well. He has not been putting well recently, which is really interesting to see because we know him to be some of the, one of the better putters on the PGA Tour when we go back and look at it. So he's hit a lull, although he started to get it back a little bit lately at the Valspar and the Heritage. You can see when he won Sony, three. Like, when he putts well, he can putt really well. Now, Poa, Bentgrass... Believe that is Bermuda. No, it's Poa at WGC Mexico, like the the Chapultepec course. Uh, Pro Am is Poa, which all tend to be a bit slower type surfaces. And past Palum will likely run a little bit slower than you're used to seeing. So maybe he's someone who on slow greens. Maybe that's something that we can account for right now too. Um, Don't want to use the entire model to look at slow greens, but we'll just say slow and average type greens. So Velcro and average. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be Velcro, but we'll just call them Velcro and average to see who, just to parse out really fast greens uh, from really slow greens. And we'll try to see if these are on the shorter end. So Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Day, Hadwin, who's 6,300 bucks. ZJ, who's kind of playing well, at least in my mind is playing really well. Scrambling-wise, playing really well. No, yeah, the driving and irons have not been good. They were good at Honda, but that's about it uh sam burns oh god patrick reed peter malnati cooch cooch is starting to have the uptick here we'll see how he finishes up byron nelson and webb simpson webb simpson is such a tricky guy for me this week primarily because he withdrew from wells fargo with that neck injury he's just starting to play really well and if you look at his results in 2021 like tournament champion 17 fourth 42nd, sixth, missed miscut at the players 12th and ninth like why aren't we Thinking about Webb Simpson this week, we know he's very good in this area, and even when you look at, I mean, this is just set to Velcro and average, so it's affecting everything, because it's only drawing from those particular courses. Spieth, Berger, Denny, Maverick, McNeely. It's funny, because you'd always think that slow greens would help. Justin Thomas, oh wow, Justin Thomas is 18th on slow and average greens, Uh, and we know that he is not a good putter. So that is particularly of interest to me. So we'll click off Velcro and average and go back and look at some of the other particular stats and go through it all. We'll call this category sleepers when we dig into it just a little bit so now we're back those settings are turned off that is good to see so we just go by strokes game putting overall over the past 24 rounds zj louis reed mccarthy Fitz, poston c bez at 68 i'm gonna throw him into the mix sungjay ortiz Poulter, brian harman mac hughes homa todd Kokrak, andy sullivan sam burns then you got spieth webb simpson and xander shoffley up there as well uh, but now let's just try to find out, you know, around the green. Who's been the best around the green player? Nah, Fratelli, Keegs, Herman, Omar Ustressi. Now, he's one of those, like, PGA pros who just qualifies for the PGA championship every year. Interesting with the cut rules this time around, there's 156 players in the field. However, 20 of them are PGA pros like this guy. Maybe this guy isn't even that. He just somehow qualified for this. Maybe he just plays another. No, yeah, he is. He is one of these guys, the PGA Tour Pros. They invite 20 of them. Maybe one of these guys makes the cut. It's probably going to be zero. So just that brings the field down to 100 and. 36 very quickly so if we go to the very bottom of the field you can see all these guys listed then you have like Daly and the real deal sean mckeel and vj singh all past pga champions who still have their invites and are still playing in these competitions so you know that's like another and then you have some of these international guys who no one's ever heard of and they've qualified through the new zealand tour the australian tour or you know, someone like chan kim or actually hosh Hoshino just won on the Japanese tour this week, actually. So good for him coming in. He won on Saturday evening. So you have a whole bunch of these guys who are also, let's call that like another 10 to 15 players that you're just not going to use in the player pool. So now we're down like 30, 35 players from the 156. So this feels more like the Genesis Invitational or Bay Hill, where you have a field of 120 to 125 players. And the cut line rules are actually top 70 in tie. So more players are going to make the cut than you think this week. Uh, So just keep that in mind when you're constructing your lineups that a Stars and Scrubs approach might not be the craziest idea as long as you don't use these scrubs in particular so there's like a level of scrubbiness to the pga championship that you can look at uh best par three players from 200 to 225 varner siebes leash detry detry sorry cam smith i'm gonna bet cam smith to win i'm just saying that right now canada that's what the uh i mean if people are canadian they'll remember the heritage moment canada canada that's how Canada got its name. But this is not him. This is not Mr. Canada. I believe that Mr. Kanaya is from Japan. Tom Lewis, Keegan Bradley, Sung Jae, Real Deal Sean McKeel. Here we are. Vic, Bryson, Gay, Peters. I like Peters this week, too. I'm going to check him into the mix. How is his around the green? It's pretty good. Um, you can go look at the European tour stats from them. There's not a ton to really go off. I'm going to start Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood as we're going through it. His around the green has been Excellent recently uh, and hopefully just this you know he was another guy at Aaron Hills who played really well on the longer par fours Morikawa answer Wallace uh, I bet Wallace I'm gonna put a little right next to his name just just look at the tee to green for Wallace that we've seen um, over the past and where these are not Bermuda greens tends to be pretty good for his putting And we've seen him play long PGA championships really well where was he came third at the PGA championship in 2019 with Brooks Dustin Can'tley, Spieth, and Wallace. That was your top five. Then you had a Luke list at number six. Paid Jeff and I a huge bet. I like Shane Lowry this week, too. Remind me of that, that I like Shane Lowry. Uh, he's a player that no one is going to be using, and I have no real idea why I like him other than I feel like he fits the grinder mentality that I'm looking for. And he's legit going to be 1% owned. The around the green, pretty good. Uh, and he's a really good Lynx player. And he's won at really long courses in his career. We go to official world golf rankings and look up Shane Lowry. Obviously, he won the Open Championship, so that is something uh, you can win in big spots. He's won a WGC as well. We look at his best career performances: won the Open, won the Bridgestone, and won in Abu Dhabi, which is not a short course whatsoever and did that in 2019 uh he didn't beat the best players in the world but brooks was there that year you also had louis in contention poulter dustin was playing so maybe he did beat some of the best players in the world uh and it was lowry who ended up doing that and it was just a course where he was able to maneuver himself around. He's really good out of the sand. Um, and on these slower greens, and if the wind picks up, he's the type of player that you're going to want to have in your lineup. Uh, he's very high prone to miss the cut versus especially the other players that are around him in that area when you see on DraftKings. You know, like, answer going to be super popular. Neiman is someone else that I really like this week as well. Uh, But Casey's going to be super popular. Connors is going to be super popular. And Sam Burns at 7,500 is going to be super popular. Uh, Bubba Watson is the other player that I like this week. I don't know if he can win, but five of his 12 career wins have come at Pete Dye courses. And Bubba tends to play well at courses where Bubba has played well in the past. So he came second and lost in that playoff, obviously, at Whistling Straits, a Pete Dye major. He ended up coming, what was he, in 2015? He was 21st at that same one. He was 11th at this course in 2012 as well. And if we go and look at how he's playing right now, I mean, the approaches. I mean, a lot... The minus 1.3 was basically the final two holes for him uh, at Wells Fargo, and that pushed him down to 18th. But the results are kind of there. The putting has been back a little bit. The around the green is back a little bit. And if you can accurately judge the speed of these greens then all of a sudden he can start putting from off the green, which is a huge benefit to him because generally the around the green, I mean, basically since COVID came back. maybe that's what he spent the COVID break doing, was learning how to chip. But the driving is peaking up at the right time. The accuracy has also been shockingly good for him. And this ain't bent grass. So, you know, the slower Poa tends to be where he putts really well. Maybe he can have that foster itself over too. So maybe you can look at something like Travelers Championship. I like Harmon. I like Casey. I like Dustin. I like Bubba. Those are all guys that putt really well on those bit slower Poa greens that you see in the Northeast. Hopefully these mimic those just a little bit on past palum as well uh but if the approaches can come along this week the rest of the game is clicking for bubba he's already done it this course and if it does become one of these things where i mean obviously he did it last time in really tricky conditions if the conditions don't really crop up he can really go after some of these power five so if the putter can come along with bubba this week he is just not someone that anyone wants to play um and I do think that he has the required skill set that you need at this course. So that is my walkthrough stats-wise of the 2021 PGA Championship. You can go dig in more and anything that you want. Customize. You just saw what I was able to do right now as a first look kind of run through of everything. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to go sign up right now and get yourself the 20% off. Play in the Listener's League link. Tune into all the shows this week. Watch them twice. Download them twice. But please, folks... Rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, something you like, email or Twitter, and you get 10 free entries into the cash giveaway competitions. We really need those. Download all the shows that come out there, right, too. And check your Apple Podcast feed to see if they're actually coming through because Apple updated and it's real wonky. Uh, other than that, subscribe to Mayo Media Network and the newsletter as well. And I will see you on Monday with Jeff Feinberg. Have a good one. Have your experience! Experience!